You know, Eleanor, I used to get really sad when for the first year of this podcast, we had to record every single thing over Zoom. It was always fun to have our internet urban legends time, but it's also so great to be with you. I don't want to let you go. So I have an idea of how we can exist together 24-7. It's fine. I'm not I'm not clingy. I always wonder if people are confused by the fact like every time we mentioned that I would record the entire first season crunched up like an actual roach in my closet and how good and slay we sounded. But yeah, we're together in person now. <laughs> Loie, could you possibly be referring to the fact that I am making the move out to Los Angeles? Okay, yes and no. I think that that's a lot cheaper than the solution I was thinking of. I'm personally putting it into the universe that we should befriend a billionaire so that we can move to Mars, obviously. I think that that's a rational train of thought. And something tells me, aka TikTok, that Mars is going to be habitable for humans again soon. Humans again soon. <laughs> my lovely co-host, my bestie for the restie, twin flame, love of my life. <laughs> Are you telling me that in today's podcast, we're going to be going over how humans were once there before? Yes, 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 yes. I watched a TikTok about how Mars was destroyed by nuclear war and it sent me down a rabbit hole to end all rabbit holes. I found out that there may actually be some truth to the idea that there used to be, wait for it, potentially human life on Mars. I feel like my entire role in today's episode is going to be going, oh, wait, 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 because we've just gone over human life. You slipped in Mars destroyed by nuclear mm -hmm, warfare mm -hmm. as if that was a casual sentence. I'm ready. We need tinfoil hats. This is a classic Lowy Lane tale, and I can already tell. Road trip to Mars. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Lowy, your friendly neighborhood true believer. And I am Eleanor, perpetually stubborn skeptic, big alien believer, but we're not <laughs> off to a strong start today. Well, together we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. Or the darkest corners of space. <laughs> we might find the answers we're looking for, we might scare ourselves into staying up all night, but one thing is for sure, we are glad to have you guys. You know, today is not even an alien episode, really. No. It's a human episode. Yeah, it's literally, that's what's so crazy. It's like, it sounds like it should be an alien episode, but it's actually really leaning into the theory that like, we not only used to live on Mars, but like actively destroyed it. And it's, mm -hmm. listen, will we all walk away from this podcast educated on Mars's potential history? I don't think so. However, we will have a really good time mm -hmm. playing pretend. I mean, I think that's Mars's thing, right? That's its MO. I feel like we constantly hear like scientists have found evidence of yeah. like past water on Mars, which could mean that there was life or like the atmosphere could have been inhabitable to life. We're constantly hearing the potential. So, I mean, who's to say? Who is to say except for TikTok user Crackhead Joe Dirt, which is where this entire episode begins. Where all um, valid science starts. 
in the breast of Crackhead Joder. <laughs> the great scientists of our generation, yes. Crackhead Joder on TikTok. Listen, we're off to a great start. And I just want you to know that if that startles you, if Crackhead Joder on TikTok startles you, you're not ready for the rest of the episode. I mean, it's true. It, he it, tried it to is, give us a warning, but what, what could have prepared us? So this poster posted a video back in March of 2021, and they basically made some kind of intense claims about Mars. And I think that that's what's so interesting about the Internet is people can really just say like me when I lie, like they can just say anything. And there's always people who are going to believe it. But people wound up getting really invested in this. I'm you know, making a mockery out of it immediately. But it is a fascinating theory. In Crackhead Joe Dirt's video, he says that Mars once had natural resources like trees and water, which is backed by some science, literally what you just said. There's like evidence of potential roots that may have at one point existed because of the way that the dirt falls, or at one time it seems like there was water here. So that's something that I think that we know. Many scientists believe that Mars once had flowing water on its surface billions of years ago. This poster then asks, and this was news to me, since Mars isn't naturally red, what can cause a planet to turn red and change after a couple of million years? We're going to get his answer because Crackhead Joe Dirt does not leave us in the dark for long. No, no, no. I am curious on his stance on things like evolution, things Me of that nature. Too. Because we're talking about billions of years ago on Mars, right? That's when scientists say there might have been some evidence of life. Not like a honey thousand years ago, there were fish swimming in the seas, right? So does Crackhead Joe Dirt believe we are the single-celled organism that like, like what's really going on here? I'm a little confused. I don't know if he has an answer for that, but he does have an answer to Mars's red hue. Um, not much science involved. He claims that if enough nukes were to go off on a planet, the first thing that would happen is a nuclear winter. And that might be true if enough like atomic energy was released into the atmosphere. Yeah. I'm really not sure. So a nuclear winter, if you guys aren't familiar, is the aftermath of a nuclear blast where all the ash and bad things get like fluffed mm -hmm. up and basically destroy the atmosphere. They block out the sun. So if a large enough nuclear winter occurred, his theory is that it could have just completely destroyed Mars. They can last up to between 100 years and 1,000. So maybe if there were quite a few. Now we're talking about this hypothetical as if it's not him saying that years ago, humans lived on Mars, ruined Mars <laughs> yes. through nuclear warfare. Honestly, it's giving Attack on Titan. I'm sorry to spoil anyone who hasn't seen Attack on Titan. La la la, I'll give you a couple seconds. But how they thought like they had always lived in those little like walled in whatever, yeah. and they didn't realize that it was super recent history. That's kind of what he's giving here. Like, we might not talk about the fact that we were on Mars super recently, mm -hmm. but we kind of were. So in a nuclear winter, all the natural resources are drained. And his yeah. theory is that the people of the Earth destroyed Mars with nuclear bombs and then escaped to Earth. And now we just don't talk about it. Yeah, I like this theory because I think that it kind of started off as a thought, like, why is Mars red? And then it fully just evolved. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I like to think that this all came about. Is there an answer? What happens if you type in why is Mars red? Ooh, good question. A lot of the rocks on Mars are full of iron. And when they're exposed to the outdoors, they oxidize and turn red. OK, so less fun explanation, but definitely also probably fun. true. This is also from an article. First thing that comes up titled student video Mars in a minute. So 
I feel like I've potentially learned more in this minute than from Joe Dirt, but it doesn't give in the same way. But who's to say? They're both just equally believable. You know, nuclear winter destroying Mars versus natural rocks that have been there for billions of years. Very similar concepts. This TikTok that we were talking about went super, super, super viral. It was liked more than 230,000 times the week that it was released and shared nearly 10,000 times. It was also watched nearly a million times and shared by media outlets like like Newsweek, Science Times, and even India Today began to share it. Now, listen, crackhead Joe Dirt, what happened to this video? Because you cannot watch it on his page at this moment in time. It was deleted. He deleted it or TikTok deleted it. Who knows? It does still exist in clips on the internet and all of those news articles are still up, but... Do you think he just got flamed? Like, yes. was this a serious? Was he like presenting? I haven't seen the video. Was he presenting this as serious information? The video was kind of one of those automated, if I remember this correctly, it's been a while since I watched it. It was one of those like text to speech voices on TikTok. And it was just like a, did you know this uh, Mars wasn't always red? What could have caused this? Oh, nuclear winter. You know? (laughs) Okay, straight to the point. Yeah, maybe he was just, I mean, I don't know if there's a conspiracy to his video being deleted. TikTok deletes for misinformation. (laughs) Probably more likely that man was just just getting blamed. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, believe it or not, there is some scientific evidence that could back up Mm -hmm. an infinitesimal part of Crackhead Joe Dirt's theory. So in 2013, Professor Bernard Wood of Oxford University said that Mars's atmosphere, their initial atmosphere, was lost through a sudden catastrophic event. So when he said this, there was an unmanned vehicle known as the Curiosity Rover. We all remember the Mars rovers. They're probably still there, but they were like that girl for a minute. Oh we were my God. all hearing we were about obsessed. how they were sending rovers to Mars. Yes. So at the time, a Curiosity Rover was doing a two-year mission to hunt for evidence of life on Mars. And the data returned didn't find life, but it did discover that a catastrophic event had destroyed Mars's atmosphere around four billion years ago. So would compared the catastrophic event to one that happened to the Earth and which formed the moon, initially you're like, okay, maybe Joe Dirt's onto something. There really was this catastrophic event. Nowhere in this professor's explanation does he in any way mention or reference nuclear warfare. That's where this all kind of falls apart. Again, this was definitely like Mm -hmm. a natural occurrence. Humans didn't live four billion years ago. It even sounds funny to say. You guys get it. According to Newsweek, the theory just... I mean, again, it seems funny to cite a source, falls apart (laughs) when you compare catastrophic event to nuclear warfare. Yeah, I was on board until Newsweek said that it wasn't that believable. Yes, exactly. So as we know, we've all read Sapiens. Humans started walking around on two legs four million years ago, Mm -hmm. not four billion years ago on Earth, not on Mars according to the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History, which compared to Crackhead Joe Dirt, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's an authoritative source on same. human development. Big same. Right. So the time scale obviously does not line up. Catastrophic event mm-hmm. that created Mars's current atmosphere? Absolutely. That catastrophic event being nuclear warfare spawned by humans billions of years ago? Mm-hmm. Definitely not. What's so interesting is as we were talking about this, I fully, okay, first and foremost, if scientists say that some sort of catastrophic event happened on Mars, obviously fully believe that. Four billion years ago, believe that their time frame is correct. I was wondering how closely kind of our, not Big Bang, but how closely our like extinction of dinosaurs and kind of like a lot of the life that was on Earth happened. And 
comparison to that, I thought it was like a billion years. It's very much so not. It's like 65 million years ago. Like a billion years is like such a crazy. Inconceivable. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Four billion years ago, something catastrophic happened. That's wild. Yep. It's crazy because it's all, I don't understand science at all. I am not a girl in STEM. Science was always the class I cheated on the (laughs) most, the most by far. I don't even really believe that scientists can conceive of four billion years. Like it's all algorithmic, right? Like we Mm -hmm. don't even know what that means. Yeah. It's like they could be completely off, frankly, like zeros. You know what I mean? Like it could just be like millions. I love it. Like I'm like, I don't understand it. So it's fake. (laughs) <laughs> they can't possibly know because I don't get it. But yeah, a billion years is like it's such a long time. It's, it's so beyond. fascinating because it makes me wonder, like, how do you even gather enough information, enough data to project an amount of time like that? It's crazy. But back to crackhead Joe Dirt. Boo. Nuclear warfare not happening on Mars. Darn it. But Listen, that's not the only thing we had to talk about today. What if I told you that that video, once again, led me down a rabbit hole and maybe was on to something, at least with the idea of life on Mars? You and the rabbits are getting so familiar. I've just been down there. I'm one of them now. <laughs> Up next, we'll talk all about the existence of life on Mars, possibly even human life. What could be more shocking than uncovering the dark secrets behind history's biggest stories? Realizing that everything you thought was true was a lie. Hi, it's Molly from the Parkhead series Conspiracy Theories. Each week, we take a closer look at the blurred line between fact and fiction, revealing that there may be more to the so-called truth than you think. The Rise and Fall of J. Edgar Hoover, 75 Years of Roswell, The Tragic Death of Princess Diana. On Conspiracy Theories, we leave no stone unturned and no skeptic unheard. Some may be just outlandish claims. Others may make you rethink everything. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast Conspiracy Theories. Listen free only on Spotify. Though the idea that life started on Mars and then traveled to Earth sounds like something from a sci-fi movie, many, many, many scientists do take the theory quite seriously. This theory even has a scientific name, too. Panspermia. Hilarious name. However, it's the hypothesis that life exists somewhere else in the universe and is distributed by asteroids and other space debris. I love the concept of space debris because our debris, like my debris, is like... McDonald's hamburger wrappers. You know what I mean? Like, what is space producing that's debris? I guess just rocks. Bunch of rocks. Big old rocks and aliens. It's not exactly the most popular idea in the scientific community, but every day it seems to be catching on a little more. There are scientists like Gary Rovkin, a professor of genetics at Harvard Medical School, who say that the idea sounds obvious in a way. Because think about how space debris has moved around the solar system. There's evidence of Martian meteorites that have been found in Antarctica and all over the world. And not just like a couple of little stones. We're talking over 150 rocks that could be linked to 
Martian meteorites, essentially. I think it's so fascinating because as someone who's never seen a meteorite in person, I don't know how one could tell a rock from a different kind of rock, but that's why I'm not a scientist and why I Mm -hmm. never finished my pre-med program. Astrology, not meteorology. Mm -hmm. I know what a rose quartz looks like. Yes, even astronomy (laughs) is pushing it. But the most definitive evidence that we could find was with a guy named Gilbert V. Levin. Now, Gilbert is an engineer and inventor. He was the principal investigator of the labeled release experiment on NASA Viking missions to Mars in the 1970s. The experiment's purpose was to find life on Mars. And according to Gilbert, they actually did. So on July 30th, 1976, the Viking returned its first results from Mars. And incredibly... They read positive for actual microbial life, which, like, is insane. Yes. Like, life on Mars, right? That's utterly insane. The experiment went on, obviously, because scientists were like, oh, my God, we just found life on Mars. We're going to pour everything into this. They got four positive results for life found nearly 4,000 miles apart on the planet. So it's not just a one-off. It kept happening. Signs of life. Now, to Gilbert, it seemed like the question of whether there was life on Mars had been answered. I agree with Gilbert. If I have these scientific instruments saying Mm -hmm. that there is life on Mars, I'm going to think the same thing. And he's a NASA guy, right? So if he's saying it, I believe it. But when the Viking molecular analysis experiment failed to detect organic matter, that's the difference, which is essentially, I guess, the essence of life. All life has to be organic matter. NASA concluded that the Viking had found a substance imitating life, but not life itself. Now, to me, this sounds so sci-fi. Yeah, we spent like so long trying to figure out exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a way to even dumb it down for like any normal human's brain. If we can't understand, we can it, understand how can it. NASA? NASA has no idea. Yeah, it's basically it was described to us as the placebo of life. So our instruments that we devised to recognize life as we know it on Earth, we're getting readings that showed that this inorganic matter that they found on Mars was reading as life. There's like a theoretical discussion, I guess, to be had if we're Mm -hmm. the determiners of life. Like if our instruments detect something is alive but inorganic to me and I think to Gilbert, that seems the point that we did find some kind of life that we are Mm -hmm. unable to detect, but not everybody agrees because it was inorganic. They basically like threw it out and they were like, never mind, not signs of life. He thinks it's preposterous for the next 40 years since the Viking. This is 40 years old and we're still like, oh, maybe Mars had signs of life. None of NASA's Mars landers have even carried a life detection instrument to follow up on this. They took it out. They detected four signs of life. That's crazy. Saw that it was inorganic and we're like, uh, we don't even want to follow up. We That's actually so don't even weird. care. You know, throw it out. Throw it out. Like that is insane to me. That's crazy, right? You would think that one would find four signs of life, not even one, just like our freaking NASA Mm -hmm. finds four signs of life. And instead of continuing to follow up on it, they're like, never mind, because we don't understand it. Well, it's because they prioritize something else. So instead, NASA launched a series of missions to Mars to determine whether the habitat could ever sustain life, Mm. like the climate itself. And if so, eventually they wanted to bring samples back to Earth, biological samples for examination. So they were less interested in this inorganic life placebo, life mimicking freaking alien situation going on here. And they were much more interested in whether the environment, the atmosphere itself could have sustained life in the way that we are able to measure and detect it. Honestly, probably because like 
we're always looking towards solutions for humanity, right? That's just more interesting to them, I'm sure. That has to be so frustrating for Gilbert. Like literally, they found signs of life on Mars and NASA was just like, honestly, NVM, bro. Confusing. We don't really get it. We got other shit to do. That's crazy. This blew my mind. Like, it's so crazy to think about the fact that that all happened 40 years ago. Like, it's not even something that I feel like I knew about prior to this. I knew that we've always talked about potentially finding signs of life on Mars, but that always kind of, for me, stopped it. Oh, there's water and life could have potentially lived in this water. I've never heard anything more, really. And it's crazy because Gilbert really does have, like, receipts on the overwhelming proof of life on Mars. In addition to the direct evidence for life on Mars obtained by the Viking, Gilbert claims that there is evidence of, or at least consistent with, microbial life on Mars that has been obtained by further missions with the Viking, other missions to Mars, and even discoveries on Earth. The list includes the following. Like I said before, surface water that could possibly sustain microorganism. Mars has also had ghost-like moving lights resembling that of will-o'-the-wisps here on Earth that are formed by spontaneous ignitions of methane. This is a really interesting phenomenon where basically gas is released. It primarily happens in swamps and it's believed to come from dead plants here on Earth. And it releases this gas into the air that almost looks like a floating light. And people have thought this is like paranormal here. And apparently there's a fully scientific explanation to it. I've never seen this. I would simply, we were talking about this before and you said like, I think you said you would just think it was a Pokemon. Uh I would too. For sure. I also saw Wisp, Wisps. And I just immediately thought of the little ghost guy from Animal Crossing who comes onto your island sometimes. So I thought of the Pokemon move. There are two types of girly pops. <laughs> so this phenomena of Will-O-The-Wisps has also been recorded on Mars's surface, which is crazy to think about. Formaldehyde and ammonia are said to be part of the Martian atmosphere, which could indicate a sign of biology. So we have a lot of coulds, we have a lot of hypotheticals, we Mm -hmm. have a lot of maybes, but I do think it's safe to say that potentially at some point in the past, scientists seem to be fairly certain that Mars could have been inhabitable Mm -hmm. for some form Mm -hmm. of life, right? Yeah, I think that the consensus is pretty strong that Mars sustained or could have at one point sustained some sort of life or like we've described it, almost a copycat of what we perceive to be our own life. It's very convoluted, but I think it's actually really interesting to go back to discussing human life on Mars. And <laughs> the idea, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know me. We've been talking about microbes and bacteria and I, I just got to get back to the crazy stuff. One more thing I wanted to share on this topic and then I promise you we can give our little noggins a break from our tinfoil caps. A man named Scott C. Waring went viral recently when he found evidence of some kind of human life in photos of Mars released by NASA. Scott has like a blog. The blog is incredible. The Mm -hmm. blog is like stuck in late 1990s, like just has not updated is just I mean, it's really just a sight to behold. And basically, he went viral, like we said, because he was talking about this potential of human life caught on camera on Mars. That's a pretty big deal. In a big photograph returned by the Mars rover in 2021, Scott claimed to have discovered a shot of somebody laying down on the Martian rocks. According to Scott, the person is about one foot tall and is laying down with a pinkish upper chest, neck, and face, radish-colored hair, wearing a dark suit, but with a gray object over one shoulder that looks like a backpack of some sort. And Scott even goes on to claim that there are footprints behind the person, leading up to the location that they chose to lay down at. 
if you look at the photo, it's very easy to find if you look up Scott C. Waring and like Mars photos, because he actually like dissects Mars photos quite frequently. Apparently, this is like a hobby of his. And in this one in particular, basically, it looks like how Kate Winslet was laying down in Titanic when she was like, draw me like one of your French girls. Like, it's very clearly someone like posing for the camera. But that's the thing. Is it a person at all? You know, I hate to say this. It does look like a person. It's obviously not a person, but it does look like a person. I found a really funny comment on his blog where someone said it was two Martians making out. And I just love that (laughs) humans are going to be humans regardless. It looks surprisingly like a human figure. Yep. It also, if it is a human, is kind of giving Doctor Who. Like, it's so out of place. It just makes absolutely no sense. A lot of the comments on the blog were also like, this is clearly doctored. So I'm not sure if this is straight from the NASA site or if somebody has fact-checked this man to see if this is like an altered photo in any way. But if not, you know, our eyes play tricks on us. They see what we want to see. Tell me this is a man. I'm going to agree with you. It's Mm -hmm. obviously not. But hey, if you're listening, it's more convincing than you think. Like I was saying, our eyes can play tricks on us, Mm -hmm. right? I actually do have a problem where I constantly misremember people's faces, see things that are there that aren't really there. You have this problem as well, often in dark and spooky corners of the Mm -hmm. rooms, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, what is the word that's physical? (laughs) Is it like our human biology? Yeah, I guess. Or maybe it is psychology. We just like to create familiar patterns, Mm. familiar shapes out of things. I saw a really interesting TikTok about abstract painting where this artist was having a really hard time creating it because she constantly just kept seeing shapes in the painting. Mm -hmm. It's just what humans like to do. For a long time, I saw the Babadook everywhere I looked, and now it's been taken over by Mothman. So all that to say, if you had told me that this was a Star Wars ship, I also would have been like, this is quite literally a Star Wars ship. Mm -hmm. This is the problem that I guess scientists, I don't know, intelligent people believe that most people who see UFOs kind of deal with. Interesting. It's called pareidolia, which is defined as the tendency to perceive a specific, often meaningful image in a random or ambiguous visual pattern. So like I said, essentially, you can see something that looks a little bit out of place and your mind will rationalize it into the most familiar thing or object, in this case, a human. So when I look at this picture, I too see a human. But again, if you had told me that it was like a transformer, that honestly more likely. And I would have been like, yeah, that's Optimus right there. It's uncanny. It looks just like him. You could have told me, oh my God, I think that there's evidence of whales being on Mars. And I would have believed it all the same. Like it just looks Mm -hmm. like what somebody tells you that it looks like. Now, listen, (laughs) I got to gear up for this. I think that there is no question. We don't even have to ask ourselves, like, is nuclear war on Mars likely? Because the answer is simply no. (laughs) Right. That is where this began, huh? I think that the idea of our tiny little human brains, though, so willing, because this was not just crackhead Joe Dirt bringing this to the Mm -hmm. surface. Hundreds of thousands of people were like, this could be true. This is fascinating. Like, so many people, not fully believed this, but we're just like, maybe that would make sense. I think it more so speaks to how narcissistic humans are, that it's like... We are the reason why the planet is red. We Mm -hmm. did that. (laughs) Look at our little coloring project. Like, it's fascinating that we have to rationalize things that took place in an amount of time ago that is just inconceivable. For Mm -hmm. billion years ago, basically, people are saying that, you know, some kind of change happened on Mars, Mm -hmm. some kind of catastrophic event. And we really sit here. And I'm not, listen, I'm not claiming myself or you in part of this, but we as humans sit there and we're like, dang, it was us. 
We did it. Yeah, humans just love explaining the unexplainable 100%. with humans. I always think about the same thing with religion. It's like, mm, we're yep. just animals out here dying. And it's like, well, actually, there's this really big sentient being and he's decided we're actually the only sentient ones. So problem solved. Don't worry. Yeah. You don't have to die. It's all good. Like, I think that's just human nature. And I guess the next question, you know, do you think that there's any kind of human life on Mars? or? No. I don't either. But period. <laughs> just full stop. No human life on Mars. I don't think so either. And I don't think we've ever been shown proof of that. And I think that if there were, we probably would have seen it by now. However, do you think that there is life on Mars from what we've seen so far? Like any kind of organism? Yeah. I mean, I'm so not well versed on what mm -hmm. scientifically equates to life. I don't know what yeah. the parameters are that this microbial fake life being didn't possess so that it wasn't categorized as organic. But I don't see why we as humans would say that our instruments, which are intended to detect earthly life in our atmosphere, mm -hmm. based on what we know, it's insane to me that we would find something that is slightly outside of that, but still showing signs of what we are trying to detect. Yeah. And it would just be completely tossed aside. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, yeah. It makes you wonder what the parameters of that really are. I love a NASA conspiracy because they are finding some shit up there, man. Like you said, I think if there was life on Mars, we'd know about it. I certainly don't. Really? No. Oh, that makes sense. Though. No, no, no. If there was evidence of human life on Mars, imagine just reading that on Twitter. No, we would never know. We would never know. It would completely, it would destroy that's society. True. They would never tell us things yep, like that. So I think even if they found alien life, we wouldn't know. I think they have. And we don't know. I've told you before, it drives me crazy that Trump was briefed on the aliens. Mm. Like he knows more about extraterrestrials than I do. Sickening, filthy, disgusting. The, the world is unfair. The world is unfair. And you know what? To rectify that, I truly need to know, what do you guys all think about this episode? Do you buy the nuclear wasteland is Mars conspiracy? Do you think that there's any kind of life forms on Mars? Do you think that we should, I don't know, take a road trip, maybe just go <laughs> see for ourselves. Let us know all of our social media with hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lowybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry, and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro, with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Lexi Kibben. Research and script writing provided by Judd Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes, a.k.a. The Gruesome Twosome. <laughs> <laughs>